I want to welcome everybody to church this morning. I'm happy to see so many people here. It's great. Um, if this is your first time, we have a little purple paper we ask you to fill out just so we can keep in touch with you. Um, and then just drop that in the offering basket over here. And if you have an offering, if this is your home church, um, you can give in the basket or you can give online. Um, if you're visiting, welcome. We don't need your money. Um, but if this is your church, we should be giving. All right, um, just a couple of announcements. Um, um, let's see. So last week, Chris and Bibi were gone, and uh, he got an award for his job, so we're proud of him for that. Happy yeah. job for Chris. Yeah. And um, we prayed for um, Gabby and William's friend, if you remember, that was having a baby. Well, she's here today, and the baby's here. So we want to welcome them. Happy Mother's Day. So that's exciting. Um, and just to let everybody know, we do have a nursing mother's room. I don't know, we don't talk about it very much, but if you go out this door and around the corner, you see this window. This is a room for moms. You can just go in there and sit with the baby or change the baby or feed the baby or whatever. And you can still hear the message. So that's open in there if you ever have the need for that. Um, June 18th, coming up, um, about a month away, is the Yuba City Stroll. So if you're from the area, they have a big um, all-day like street fair in Plymouth Street in Yuba City, and our church is going to have a booth out there this year. Um, so we want everybody to come out and just be out there and just let the town know that we're here. Um, Christian has an announcement. Hi, I'm Christian. Uh, we have an adult group that meets on Sundays. Uh, the next one we're meeting at Billards, actually, the Gold Rush Billards off Gray Avenue at 6 o'clock. And then after that, on June 5th, we have a regular one here at 6.30. Y'all should come. It's 18 and up. Is it every week? It's right now the first of the month, and occasionally the second week. So we're trying to put in two a month. But. First and third? First and third. Oh, first and third. third. <laughs> Alright, yeah, first and third. <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo. That's, that's my kid. Yeah. Alright. Um, I know we already prayed, but let's pray one more time. It's Mother's Day. Um, Mother's Day means a lot to a lot of different people. Um, some of us don't have our moms here anymore, so we're thinking of our moms. Some of us don't have some of our children here anymore, so we're thinking of our kids. Um, some of us are caring for our mothers. Um, some of us have bonus mothers. Some of our dads are being mothers. So we just want to say Happy Mother's Day to all y'all, and um, we love you when we're thinking of you. All right. I think that's it. Come on up, Chris. This guy graduates soon, too. This is amazing. Good job. Thank you. You ever see the church that just wings it? <laughs> we are the king of wing it lately. Um, good morning, everybody. 
I, I want to wish a special Mother's Day tribute. Um, thank you, all you mothers, new mothers, older mothers, uh, soon someday to be mothers. Uh, you know, um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We wouldn't be here, us guys, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the mothers. None of us would be here if it wasn't for a mother. And uh, I had a really dumb joke that I was going to tell, but I'm not going to tell it. Do it. No, no, like, come on, Crash. No, it was really bad. It was bad, it was bad taste. I know. I, it was bad taste. Yeah. I talked about it in men's breakfast yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yes, you can't Woo. not do it now. It was bad taste. Now oh, you got to say it. We, we're strong. We're strong. We can handle it. Uh, come on, Chris. I got the build up. I'll share it. It wasn't a bad joke. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this week I was this week I prepared the message, right? And you guys know we're really excited. We've been in the series of Abraham. I mean, I don't know how I've pulled it off, but we're still in Abraham. We're not done with Abraham yet. We've been in this Abraham series since the beginning of the year, since I started uh, uh, being up here every Sunday. And so, you know, we've walked through the life of Abraham when he was Abram, Sarai. And then, you know, recently, Isaac was finally born. And so this week, Bibi says to me, this is horrible. Bibi says to me, she goes, aren't you doing something for the mothers this Sunday? And I'm like, no, we're in Abraham still. She goes, but it's Mother's Day. And I'm like, okay, well, we're talk I'm talking about marriage. And she goes, okay. And I'm like, but Sarah's in the story. She goes, well, what about Sarah? And I'm like, well, she dies this week. Stop <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was funny, not funny. It was funny at men's breakfast, okay? I'm right. sorry, mothers. Right. It was funny at men's breakfast. It wasn't funny up here. Yes, I missed it. I missed it, too. I just missed Skip, you missed it. You wanted me to say it. He's like, do it, dude. Yeah. Okay. All right. It was definitely, it was, it was, it was tough. It wasn't, it wasn't funny to me. But it was. So... I love you guys. Yeah. We were designed for a relationship. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. We were designed for a relationship. God made man because he wanted to have a relationship with man. But God saw that when man was alone, it wasn't good for him. And God gave man woman. Because we were designed for a relationship. Right? Yes. Okay. We need companionship. This is a lifelong journey. Right? And some of us have that, and some of us don't. And some of us have experienced that, and some of us still do. And, and, some, and there's some here that are gone off to the other rooms that haven't experienced that yet. You know, but I wrote here that a life is a, life is a journey better spent in relationships. It really is. Um... Being alone is not good. Being alone is not good, and that's why God designed it differently. And God has special plans for all of us. There's lots of scriptures to back up what we do when our journeys shift directions. Uh, but we are all on a journey. Right? Yes. Yeah, are you on a journey? Yes. yes. Good. Make sure you guys are awake on Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, yes. Try to get you out of here so you can go have brunch. You're so thoughtful and nice. We love you. 
So we're going to focus back in Abraham because that's where we're at. Abraham was on a journey, yes? Yes. A lifelong journey. Q&A, how old was Abraham when he started this journey? 75. Wow. Great job, Mike. 75 years old. Wow. How much younger was his wife? 10 years younger. Okay. I got you that one. <laughs> Throwing that out there. So she was 65. And remember, I've talked about this over and over and over. I'm like, at 75 years old, most people are retired. Okay? These people have no children. And if according to the original traditions back in that time, they've probably been married close to 50 years. A, lot, a long journey, a lifelong commitment together, yes? So I would say that Abraham and Sarah shared a long journey. So we're going to talk a little bit about their journey and marriage. And we're going to be slowly getting to the end of the Abraham series. And then we're going to fall into Isaac. And then Joseph. Well, Jacob and Esau. Then Joseph. I think we could run through Genesis at least for the rest of this year. My greatest sermon that I ever heard was a pastor who walked us through a two-year journey through the book of Exodus. And I said, one day I want to be able to teach like that. I want to be able to teach God's word slowly like that. And it was probably one of the greatest sermon series I ever heard. I've heard a lot of seven-week series and six-week series and five-week series. This was a two-year series. Broken up, of course, by Easter's and Christmas's, special Mother's Day sermons, things like that. So we're in Genesis 23, 1 through 20. It is in your notes. I always put it there so that you can see I'm reading you what is in the Word. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then... Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me a, proper, a property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth, and he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and meet with me, meet with Ephron, the son of Zohar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Malchelah, which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price, that is property, for a burial place among you. Now Ephron... Ephron, dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, all who entered at the gate of his city, saying, No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land, and he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give it, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephraim answered Abraham, and saying to him, My Lord, listen to me. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephraim, 
which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, currency of the merchants. merchants. So the field of Ephraim, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field of the cave, which is in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within all the surrounding borders, were deeded, deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth, before all who went into the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, before Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is uh, in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as a property for a burial place. A key couple things I pulled out from that story before we get into my notes here. There's a reason Abraham bought that lot. Because at this time, Abraham was a foreigner in the land of Canaan, the land that God promised to him and to all his descendants. But he owned nothing. It says here, I read through some of my uh, special notes and little reader books that I was going through. He owned nothing in the land and had no inheritance to the land. But by buying that land and receiving the deed and paying the price for it, he then took possession of the property. Possession in Canaan. That was the way he finally put his stake in the ground. Because remember, he'd been a foreigner in the land who had left and gone to Egypt, and he'd scuttled around a little bit. Remember, he's moved a lot of times. But this was the time when he finally put his stake in the ground, and he purchased land with his money in the land of Canaan. So that's kind of an interesting part of the story. Bet you didn't realize that. So, Sarah's passed away. What is marriage? What is a relationship? Between a man and a woman. Thank you. I don't want to get in that political debate. <laughs> but you are correct, 100%. It's a lifelong commitment. A journey shared is a lifelong commitment. Good, bad, indifferent. We had some friends that told us something many years ago It impacted our marriage. I always share this. I always, always, always share this. If I've said this up here before, that's okay. Tell me after. <laughs> marriage is 100-100. It is not 50-50. That's right. Because there are going to be seasons that your spouse can only put in 30%, and you are going to have to put in 100 to make it work. That's what makes the marriage work. It is not 50-50. And for those of you who have been in extremely long-term relationships, you can do the math and realize those figures are accurate. Mm -hmm. It is 100-100. That is the only way it works. Well, let's take a look at the lifelong commitment. A lot of the things I pulled out of this story about Abraham and Sarah and their lifelong journey. They've been married about 112 years. 112 years of marriage. Can you imagine... One hundred and twelve years. Doing the math off of being married at the young age of 15, 25, we would say she was probably 15 when she was married off to Abram. And that time, that's when the young ladies were married. So he would have been 25. And she lived to be 127 years old. So that's 112 years of the same guy with the same complaints. He didn't have a CPAP machine back in those days. He probably snored. Yeah, I... Huh? 
112 years of the same BO. They didn't have deodorants. Oh, yeah. 112 years of bad breath. They didn't have toothpaste. Didn't have good dental hygiene. Who knows? Right? I'm just, I'm just having fun with it here, right? 112 years. Look at your spouse. Look at your friend. Look at your significant other. Whoever it is, look at who you've looked at in this lifelong journey and then think 112 years. I see some laughs coming from out there. But along this journey of 112 years, it took 50 years before they were called. 50 years. Now, there's some speculation because of the land where Abram's father comes from that he might not have believed in the same God. That there was probably different things they worshipped and idolized. And it was the one true God who called Abraham out of that and sent him to the land of Canaan that he was going to give it to him. So at 50 years, everything he thought, believed, and was living changed. 50 years in a marriage. Take a look at your spouse and just think 50 years. There are some in the room who've reached the 50-year mark. 50 years. 50 years. So this lifelong journey, 112 years of marriage, 50 years before they're called. Is it a lifelong commitment? Well, let's look at some things here from marriage. What are some things that we pulled from their marriage? Trust and faith in marriage. Trust and faith. Did she trust her husband to lead her in the right direction? She must have. She struggled. We'll get to some struggles. But she must have trusted. Think she? What about her faith? Where was her faith? You're telling me that all these gods that we've been thinking about and knowing, though not real, and you've got this new god and we're going to this land super far away, over, what did we say it was, a 400-mile journey south from where they were? All together from where... Abram's father was to the journey up to the land of Ur and then back down to the land of Canaan. It's like a 1,500-mile journey. And the God of the Bible really wasn't present to a bunch of believers at that time. Right? So, trust and faith in a marriage. This was the bond that drove it together. They had to trust and they had to have faith. Because if you don't have either, you don't have the marriage. You're not going to go and do this and put a lifelong commitment with this person to this strange mission you've been called to unless you are literally working and acting on trust and faith. They blindly followed God's instruction. Blindly. If I, you know, Bibi and I, when we moved up here to Northern California, we knew God had a mission for us. We knew God had a mission for us when we went to San Diego from Los Angeles area. We knew God had a mission for us. But that's because we were actively involved in everything that God was doing in our lives. And we were open to the Holy Spirit. And we were open to what was going on in our lives. So when doors opened and opportunities arose, we were aware of what God was doing. This is 
You pick up your wife, your herd, everything that you have, and I want you to travel 400 miles down south to a land that I'm going to give you. Oh, and your 65-year-old wife, she's going to have a child because I'm promising that I'm going to make a great nation enough to fill the seashores from your bloodline. Really? Interesting. How about this? They had no map or GPS to get to where they were going. No map, no GPS, blind faith, trust in faith, blindly following, no map or GPS. What do you think they learned on this journey? Total reliance on God. Total reliance on God. Have you learned total reliance on God in your lifelong commitment? Mm. Total reliance. Let's look at some other things from their marriage here. Abraham was not a perfect husband. Any wives here have not perfect husbands? <laughs> Abraham was not a perfect husband. Think about the stress and the problems and the pressures that he put on his wife. He lied about his marriage twice. She's not my wife. She's my sister. And then later we even found out it was true. Well, she is technically my sister through my father over here. Right? But he lied. What do you think happened when he did that? He lost his wife's respect. 100%. Wow. 100%. Who rescued Sarah through these lies? God rescued Sarah, not Abraham. God showed up and stopped something bad from happening because of Abraham's lies. Not Abraham. She was moments away from becoming a wife to Pharaoh and giving herself emotionally, spiritually, and physically to the Pharaoh. The same thing happened with King Abimelech. She suffered this same situation twice due to her husband's insecurities and fear. And this must have gravely strained their 112-year marriage. Would you agree? But marriage is 100-100, and it is a lifelong commitment. What about Sarah? Sarah was perfect. Sarah had her flaws also. Can you name one, Chris? Yeah, she made life for Hagar real rough. She did not like Hagar. In fact, she made life so bad for Hagar that Hagar opted to go into the wilderness with wild animals than to live in the comfort of the presence of Abraham and Sarah. Right? Okay. So we would agree that Sarah was probably a little vicious at this time. Not happy, jealous. You think this put a strain on a 112-year marriage? Absolutely. 100%. Let's look at some other things here. Together they endured family strife. Anybody have family strife? From her side, your side, their side, that side, them's side. 
don't know, pronouns and he nouns and she nouns. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the world's coming to these days. Wow. But right, if you endured strife through your spouse, they endured family strife. Can you name some? Yeah, how about Lot and his wayward choices? There was so much problem between Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen that they separated. You think that put a strain on their marriage? Put a strain on their marriage. Put a strain on everything. How about this one? And I got some notes here I made on it. The decision to sacrifice Isaac. <laughs> you think this put a strain on their relationship? Yeah. I wrote this here in my notes. This must have again strained their marriage, especially the situation with her only son, Isaac. We don't know if he told her his plans or not, but we know either way, after it happened, she knew all about it. Okay? Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom what happened up on the mountain, okay? Don't tell mom what happened up on the mountain. Trust issues, son? It's okay, Michael. Michael Myers, go in the corner and sit down. You know? Come on! Michael Myers. Either way it happened, whether he told her or not what the plans were before they went to the mountain, this situation undoubtedly turned worse and caused more strain on her marriage. He's lied. He's put her in harm's way. He's had family strife. He's almost let her go and be with other men. Mm. He's put her through a lot. He's been telling her about this God that gave him a promise that they were going to have kids. And then he's with the concubine. That's right. Strain on your marriage much? <laughs> Lesson six I got from all of this. The loss of a spouse is not the end. The loss of a spouse is not the end. Abraham was still on mission to marry off Isaac. Why? Because he had received a promise from God that his, his bloodline was going to fill the earth. So even though Sarah was no longer on the journey, he still had a mission to fulfill. Right? Isaac was 37 years old when he lost his mom. 37 years old. How'd you do the math, Chris? Well, Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90, and Sarah died at 127. Okay. 37. Just make sure my numbers were right. What do you think the last so many years were like in the relationship between Abraham and Sarah after this situation on the mountain? I don't know. I'm married. I can only imagine. Right? Yeah. I can't, I can't, that's all I can do is I can try to pretend to imagine that it was not. Things at home were not okay. Any strong women in the house? Yes. Okay. Things at home were not okay. I'm a guy. We're strong on the outside. But our women are stronger. Yes. Okay. Things at home are not okay. I pulled two valuable lessons out of this. 
leading up to Sarah's passing, their journey up to this point, that God establishes marriage as a shared journey of faith. And God establishes marriage to make new generations of faithful men and women. That's what we're trying to do in this church. We are growing this church. I've been pastoring this church since January, and I see all kinds of new faces. All, every week I see new faces showing up. Every week. I've been praying for people to come to this church who have not been here. I've been praying. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Nicole. Look, God establishes marriage to make new generations of faithful men and women. God designed us for relationship. And Abraham put Sarah through a heck of a lot in their relationship. And now we're passing this point. Now we're going to close the chapter on that lifelong commitment. As a husband, I think about all these things. And I think I can't imagine doing the things that are in this list. It's not me, is it? I know I've set my alarm off in the parking lot before with my keys. Oh. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. It's happened. God designed you for relationship. God designed you for relationship with Him. Right? Yes. He sent His Son to die on a cross so that He could have a relationship with you. Do you know why? Because without the death of His Son, you can't have a relationship with Him. You're separated from him. Our sin separates us from God. Period. The Bible says it. Cut, dry, it's there. You know, you, you ask people what it takes to get to heaven, there's about four answers, and only one of them is right. You ask somebody what it takes to go to heaven, they're going to give you four, one of four answers. The right answer, which is faith in Christ. The second answer by being a good person. The third answer, I don't know. And the fourth answer is, I have no opinion on that. That's going to be the one of the answers they have. Doesn't matter. Psychologically, if I ask you, you will answer in one of those four ways. But only one way is the truth. Amen. And God sacrificed his son on a cross. Remember we pointed out the last time we were here on the same mountain where he sent Abraham and made Isaac carry his own wood mm -hmm. for the burnt offering in the same place. It's an amazing part of this story. And it's a lifelong journey, a lifelong commitment. And, uh, you know, you need to make a lifelong commitment to Christ. Mm. If you haven't made that decision, talk to me after. I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you how to make it. I'll even get on my knees and do it with you. Amen. Somebody else around here will. But God designed you for relationship, relationship with Him. And while you're here, He gave you woman or man. To have a lifelong commitment to here. And to share a journey and do it well. We've learned through Abraham's story there's a lot of mistakes that could be made. 
that we don't want to make. Let's not tell our friends that our wife is our sister. That may not end up in your favor. Let's not get in huge strife with our close family. They may leave us and not have anything to do with us. And they may go put themselves in harm's way. Let's not take our kids and say that God told us to sacrifice them on a mountain. It may not go over too well with your spouse. <laughs> Simple lessons, you guys. It's, just open the Bible. It's, it's all there. I, I don't know what else, too much else to say. I, I do wanted to say I... I we have a special treat for the moms. That's what Bibi told me. She was like poking me with a sharp stick. Don't you forget. <laughs> um, for the mothers, mothers only. No bummer. Mothers only. Oh. We've got nothing but cake, cupcakes in the fridge, oh. a different variety of sorts. There's not 24 moms here, so you can probably at least grab two. I'll take the leftovers. Oh. <laughs> Bibi will take the leftovers. Don't get yourselves in trouble. Um, and then we did get a special cupcakes, just regular cupcakes, for everybody else that feels left out. We don't want anybody to feel left out. All of us men with our soft hearts. And, you, know. you guys are getting a whole breakfast. You'll be alright. Oh, we're going to get a breakfast. Father's Day breakfast coming up. Don't miss it. But I want to, uh, I just want to say thank you again to all the mothers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to this church. Thank you to this church. Thank you to the faithful servants. Thank you, Skip. Here every Sunday. Even if he goes out and plays in a band somewhere and sets up and tears down a stage all night, He's here. He's one of the first people here on Sunday morning. Mm. Yes. Great, too. He's going to miss next week, so we're preparing for that. Oh. But we'll have Greg back. See, Greg's not here because Greg finally took a long-needed vacation. Because Greg, the same. Greg, we love you. We know you're at home. We love you. Greg is up here every week, tired or not. There's a few people who aren't here today. And that's okay. We love you. Nicole's praying for you to come to church. You heard right. Right. Amen. So let me lift you up. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for some things to grab out of it, Lord, for some little nuggets here and there, Lord. I thank you that you lift us up. I want to pray a special blessing over the mothers, Lord. I want to pray for Dee, who's not here with us, Lord, who wanted to be here so bad. Lord, I pray I lift her up to you right now, Lord. She is our, our, our like our, 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 our mother mother. And she's not here today, Lord, and that's because she's at home and she's hurting, Lord, and we ask that you comfort her, Lord, and that you, we, we pray over her body, Lord, we pray that you give her relief from her pain, Lord, and I just thank you, Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I lift up this uh, church to you, the members here, the family, Lord. I pray everybody a great week. I'm excited for what God's going to do next week. I pray that you're all blessed. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ooh.